Hello, and welcome to the Soul Shape Podcast, where we focus on your spiritual fitness and your, or we like to call our energetic self-care. We are sisters and the co-founders of Soul Shape, a quantum wellness app designed to make it easier and accessible to find healing practitioners in the energy healing world. We want to have soulful conversations about spirituality and wellness, and whether you are dabbling or taking a deep dive into energy healing, from oracles to shamans to life wellness coaches to intuitive guides to energy workers to even nutritionists, we want to introduce modalities and healing practitioners to you one by one. So it's time to get into Soul Shape, where wellness starts within. My name is LJ Woodard, and this is my sister, Leslie Bennett. And Leslie, what are we talking about today? We got a good one today. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, I'd like to, I I can't even talk today. Wow, I'm so excited. <laughs> Woo, kitty. It's um, Jessica Gamble. Gamble Bennett. Thanks. Because I, <laughs> she did tell us it rhymes with camel, and I was going to say camel Bennett, but that's not right. So, Jessica Gamble Bennett. And we're, talk, we're talking about raising our vibration and leaning into love. That is right. And so you want to yeah. do the background on her? I just want to give everyone, I want you all first to meet Jess before we dive in. And she is the founder of the Evolution Energetics Healing System that helps you heal the root of your issues so you and your loved ones can thrive together. Um, she's a mom of two sons and a wife and an, an integrative life coach. What you call it? An integrative life coach? Integrative. Yeah. Integrative Integrative life coach. Transformative. Thank you. (laughs) Transformative life coach. She believes through coaching, teaching, and healing that you are empowered to heal, grow, and thrive. She works with individuals, parents, and families. So welcome, Jess. Thank you so much. Did I write that? Did you get that from me? I did. I copied and pasted (laughs) on the old internet. Wow, that sounded really good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Well, why don't we first just dive in? We were talking about raising vibration and how. what, What does that have to do with evolution energetics? How did how did the how did it evolve? <laughs> right, yeah. So I studied. So I was sick with chronic fatigue for about fifteen years. I was told I never have children, um, and I went through you know traditional Western medical systems. Went to all the best ones, and they would say, "Oh, we're gonna get to the bottom of it. We'll get to the root of it." And of course, never did. You know, and I ended up finding Reiki. And I took Reiki and I started to heal. And so then I was like, well, this is great. So I studied six more healing systems, energy healing systems. And I was able to heal myself completely from chronic fatigue. Um, And I was able to have my two children. So, you know, that is my self journey. And then I wanted to be able to help other people as well. Because I feel like if you go through something in life, you are meant to teach it to others, to help others, to serve, right? And so in... Let's see, I think it was about March of 2020. It was right when the pandemic hit, actually, mm-hmm. that I started feeling um, this energy coming in. Mm-hmm. And I saw the symbols. And in energy healing, you use, um, well, you can. In some healing systems, you use symbols that represent a type of healing. And so I started seeing these symbols coming in. And I was like, I think this is an energy healing system. So I had had a Reiki practice. And I called on all my old clients and friends, too, as well. And I said, hey, you want to be my guinea pig? You want to do one-on-one sessions? And remember, it was lockdown. So people were like, yes, you know. I want to do something. Give me something. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. They were thrilled. And so I did one-on-one sessions for about a year. 
And then um, I had my second child. So in, in between mm -hmm. all this, and I started a master's program in social work. So it's a clinical training program. It's for clinical therapists. So I'll finish that in the spring of 24. But um, so then when I moved from the Raleigh area to here in Wilmington, I started doing group healing events at Healing Leaves Wellness and in Prana Salt Cave. So, and then last January, I taught the first foundations course for evolution energetics. And so what that helps you do is get tapped into your higher self and learn how to protect your energy, how to clear your energy, how to raise your vibration, how to ground yourself well so that you can go into the world and keep your energy high, even when you're around people who, you know, are not um, of the same vibration. So, I really like that a lot. <laughs> My sister's looking at me. Sorry. She knows me. Laura. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, there's a lot that I, from that whole to unpack, background. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. <laughs> <was a> lot. <laughs> you know, one thing too, you know, I want to go back to the beginning of your healing journey. And you said you tried yeah. energy healing, other healing modalities. What made you comfortable to try other energy healing modalities? Because I know we have a lot of, uh, listeners who are thinking about energy healing and they're like, well, how do I know what works for me? Yeah. And so how did you go about choosing what was your next? Well, I actually had a friend who said, I'm going to take this Reiki class. You want to take it with me? And I had no idea what Reiki was. Mm -hmm. And I would, but I was sick and I wanted to get better and I wanted to have children. See, I didn't want to believe that it wasn't possible. So you had nothing to lose. I had nothing to lose. Honestly, I had nothing to lose. But you your know, time. But my time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I went and I remember when I got my first attunement, I was like, what is this woman doing? She was like waving her hands in yeah. the air. Exactly. Like, right. This is so crazy. It's I mumbo jumbo. Yeah. yeah. But within days, I mean, I would run 104 fevers all the time i got i developed meningitis and encephalitis that was the yeah. lowest point and my fevers went away within days so that was the first step and i was like oh this is something yeah, yeah. and just yeah. being we always say that's what soul shape is for for open curious-minded soul seekers mm -hmm. and that's that's even the first step prior i mean Saying are you yes yeah sure i'll try that i'll be mm -hmm. open to that being curious i mm -hmm. think i think we have i just actually it's a newsletter coming out tomorrow and i wrote about judgment and, you know, sort of the antidote to judgment is being curious. You know, one of my professors last weekend showed a clip from Ted Lasso. It's If you watch it, it's the dart scene, yeah, where he's, you know, he says his whole life he's been judged and people weren't curious about him. And so I think that's what it is. I think it's about being curious, just making that shift. God, I love Ted Lasso, too. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I've never Sad watched to see it Oh, go. my God, Lasso, we have to. It's just it's so good. Yeah, it's so great. It's so great. He's super positive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then, um, so then you also talked about your own um, energy healing modality mm -hmm. that you've created. Um, and I'd be curious about these symbols. And I know that's kind of a weird place to go. But no, I'm curious about it. I want to know because, what to go. Because I, I yeah. and the reason why I'm asking is because I know sacred geometry and geometry, geometric yes. symbols. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, dates back to hier hieroglyphics, if not before. That's right. Um, you know, indigenous, the Australian Aborigine use symbology. Yeah. Um, and so I'm curious as to what your symbols look like. Are they geometry rooted? Are they hieroglyphic rooted? Are they a mixture or a mishmash? What do they look like? 
Yeah. So, <laughs> what are so these symbols? Okay. It's not one of my long winded questions. Is that what you're saying? I, I want to know what are these symbols? I don't okay. know. It's like a little person. What are the symbols? Like, what is this? Just lay it on us. Yeah. So let me first explain <laughs> that in evolution energetics, there's four levels there's the foundational level, the physical healing level, the emotional healing level, and the spiritual healing level. Oh, that's very quantum. So that, yeah. So, so that's the first thing to know. So when we, and I, and I believe children will take this, these courses. My son, actually, who will be eight in June, is already taking the course so if an eight-year-old can do it you know like i, I feel like and we is can empower the, is that the list miss jessica eight-year-old <laughs> so. can do it i think so you yeah, can do it you can you do know, anything my family's been my guinea pig yeah. in this process well, how fun for them it's been no it's been wonderful <laughs> no, seriously i'm not being yeah. sarcastic i mean we have healed intergenerational patterns that probably were in the bloodline for thousands of years so you got to clear that stuff it's amazing yeah, yeah. Okay, so at the foundational level, you have um, the rainbow symbol. That's the you have six symbols. So I'm going to go through the rainbow symbol. Opens up the rainbow bridge. You have an energetic bridge from your physical body to your higher self. Your higher self is just like what we would think of as like your soul. Okay, it's the wise part of you that isn't you know, involved in the in all the stuff that's going on here, right? It's like, it's very clear. It knows what's best for you. Then you also have the tree of life. We know tree of life. Everyone's seen the symbol tree of life. Mm -hmm. It's grounding. And it's also, um, this symbol heals trauma that was experienced as, as children, childhood trauma. Um, and then we have ultraviolet shield, which protects your energy. So let's say that I'm going to go in and I'm going to do a group therapy session. And I don't want to be brought down energetically by, you know, the clients. I want to be able to stay high for them. Mm. I can put the shield on and I can stay connected to a higher vibration so I can help lift them without being pulled down. So my husband took the course. He is, um, you know, he's a defense attorney. So he has to go to prisons and jails and stuff. And he uses this symbol. And that way, when he gets out, he stays at a higher vibration. He used to feel really exhausted. He'd have to come home and go to bed. I mean, it was really debilitating. There's a lot of professions like that. Yeah. I mean, I could just think, I mean, I think about doctors and ambulance and paramedics and Any military work, you know, because if yeah. you're working on a team that's not functioning well, it drains you. That's absolutely, you know, so it could be in any, yeah. any industry. That's right. So yeah. That's really okay, powerful. So the shield. Okay. Yeah. So the shield. So then there's ultraviolet fire. Ultraviolet fire will burn, um, anything in your energy field that is not of a high vibration. So whether that's physical sickness, um, you know, a, other energy from other people that has that you have taken on mm -hmm. and we do that this is a natural human thing by the way this is not you know everybody does this in every field so and then there's also the balloon symbol which raises your vibration and then there's the anchor symbol which keeps your vibration high even when you have to go into a situation where there's a lower vibration element mm -hmm. right um and then there's and that's six right yeah, yeah so. so we did it yeah so maybe I should talk about vibration a little bit. Well, yeah, raising vibration, utilizing these symbols. These are the are some, these symbols like. Well, let's start with why is yeah. vibration important. I know yeah. we're all saying high vibrations. There's T-shirts that say good vibes only. Good vibes, you know? yeah. So we're it's in the it's in the conversation now. Yeah. And I don't know if we, um, as a society, know what we mean by that. I think we mm -hmm. we we're <laughs> we're touching the 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 beginnings of it, right? Yeah. Because, but do we really know the breadth and depth of why our right. vibration is so important? So let's use an example that could, anybody can relate to, okay? You go into a setting and you immediately can feel, mm, something's off here, right? Mm -hmm. Something doesn't feel good. 
And that could be because there was just an argument, right? For sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it could be because somebody's really struggling. You know, um, it could be, it could be any number of things. And you know, conversely, and the opposite of that is you go into a place and you're like, man, this feels good. Yeah. You know, you think about a concert you've been to where everybody was singing in harmony and every, you know, you just feel so lifted. So you, everyone has experienced low vibration, high vibration. Mm -hmm. um, and when we have lower vibration, we tend to have a lot of struggle. We tend to have a lot of conflict. We tend to have poor physical health, maybe poor emotional health, right? Um, and as we raise our vibration, what we do is we take the things out of our energy template that may be bringing us down, right? So we can stay lifted. Mm -hmm. At a higher vibration, we really flow. It's something called synchronicity where, you know, the things that we need, the opportunities that we need, the people we need to meet come into our life and we just flow. And you wonder sometimes how some people can do that. Well, that their vibration is high. And, and clear. And clear. And so when you're in that low vibration, that leads just to negativity and depression and you know, sickness, you know. So it's, I would say, we need to all learn how to get into the good vibration to raise the vibration. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, to practice that, to like shift it, I mean, to be aware of it, know that you can shift it. Um, makes us all very powerful, I think. So I guess, you know, the other topic we wanted to talk about was that leaning into love. So how does mm -hmm. love and vibration work together? Yeah, so go back to judgment for a second. Okay. So we judge do ourselves. Do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, okay, I'm ready. We do. I don't want to Judgy, judgy. Yeah. So we judge ourselves and we judge others. We actually do that with the same part of the brain. It's the anterior cingulate, but that doesn't matter. It's just, so when we judge other people, we're actually judging them through the lens of our own perceptions, our own experiences, right? Okay. So when we look at those parts of us that we are judging ourselves with, maybe it was something that, I don't know, our mom said when we were five years old, yeah. okay? And it's still there, right? Or somebody in the playground said, it doesn't have to be family, right? That is there. That energetic template is there. And it's a low vibration because it's associated with sadness, shame, judgment. Those are low vibration emotions. When we look at that and we bring in energy healing symbols that are going to clear that out, then our vibration automatically raises. Think about balloons. Think about if you tie a rock to them, right? And then you take that rock off, which is the trauma, okay, or the negative emotions or the low vibration, and you get rid of that. What's going to happen to the balloons? You're going to soar. Yeah, exactly. That's a really nice metaphor. I really like that I, that visual because you can kind of see how those moments that you carry, whether it's self-judgment or it's, you know, I'm not good enough um, or, you know, why doesn't someone like me or something like that. We've all had those moments or why didn't I get hired for that job? Why, yeah, well, you just question everything. I'm awesome for that job. It was a match, you <laughs> know. Yeah. Um, you know, or I know Laura. No, I mean, as an acting background when you audition, I mean, you're constantly, constantly doing that all the time. You're yeah. trying out for so many things. And so, you know, you get into the pattern of like, I'm going to audition for something and just forget about it because it's just too damaging. You'll just, you'll kill yourself thinking that. So you go for it, go for it, go for it, and just hope for the best. But I like that being untethered from yeah. that so that you can be the balloon and not the rock. Right, exactly. And that, you got it. You know, yeah, so mm. that's And to use your brilliant. example, if you don't get a job, when you're operating from a higher vibration mm -hmm. and you're in flow, you're like, oh, I wasn't supposed to go that way. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to take that path. I know there's something better. 
if you're in a lower vibration, you do do the self, you know, loathing oh. and the judgment and the, yeah. yeah. Do you ever wish like you, you could go back and go, why didn't I know this sooner? <laughs> oh my God. But anyway, we're, I, I view the past as sort of the, the long-term apprentice program to get to this understanding and belief and, you know, being able to teach others, being able to it's, converse with others, um, to be the lighthouse for others to, you know, follow the path forward. Lighthouse is one of the symbols in, in, in evolution energetics. Really? Yeah. Leslie loves <laughs> lighthouses. Yeah. And if you Always ever have. get to visit her yeah. in San Diego, California, she has a, she has a lighthouse on my property. Wow. On her property. Oh, that's amazing. They converted. Yeah. They fit. It was a dead palm. Anyways. I'll tell yeah, the story. Yeah, it makes you radiate light out <laughs> yeah. into the world. Oh, no. Yeah, when I it, yeah. um, uh, saw the property, um, it's on the side yard, but there's a sidewalk. And the former owners had this dead palm tree. They chopped off the top and created this um, really lighthouse cool. light thing, and it lights up, and it's there. That's amazing. The dead palm tree lost its root structure. I was afraid because okay. I live across the street from um, uh, an elementary school, and so I got a permanent structure in place. But because I, I couldn't live without the lighthouse, that's right. That, that's my, it's a beacon. That's my medicine. Mm-hmm. I love lighthouse that. heart cloud. I'm trying to get her to move uh, to North Carolina, and it's that. all about lighthouses here. Yeah, yeah, I'm moving. Yeah, I think. oh my gosh, she's moving. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> done. You heard it. You heard it here first. Folks. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, we talked about let's. So let's talk about more about these blocks, right? Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to say, "Hey, just untether them, and I float away into sordom." <laughs> you know. So, sure. tell me the work that goes into untying and untethering. So the biggest part of the work, the hardest part of the work, is getting to a place psychologically, emotionally, where you're ready to do it. Because a lot of people, they don't want to do the work. They avoid the work. They numb it. They're in denial. Mm -hmm. They numb it in any number of ways, right? Yeah. We know about that. We've but done I, it at we, times. Yeah, we've all done it. Yeah, everybody yeah. does it. But I think one thing that COVID did, which is interesting, is it forced people to sit with their stuff. And I think, you know, for some people that didn't go so well, yeah. for other people, they actually were like, okay, I've yeah, got the time. I, I, I got the time and it's, it's time yeah, to pause, do this. A reset. Yeah. It gave us a reset. Yeah. And I think that's happening on a global level. So we talk about in social work about micro and macro. And I also teach about that in the foundations course. It's like the individual is the microcosm and then the world is the macrocosm. A lot of people are starting to do healing work now. Yeah. And you're seeing that in systems start to happen as well on a global level. It's, yeah. it's a fascinating thing to see. And it's a, you know, it's a wonderful time to be alive, actually. It really is. We just experienced hospice care for our father who oh. passed away last, it's already been a few months now. I don't know. 90 so days sorry. ago. 90 days. Good old Carl Griesbaum. Anyways, we um, we got to say Carl's name here. Anyway. Um, huh. yeah. um, okay, I'll take oh, it over. No, but I'll the take hospice care. people, they were also energy workers. Right. Like, yeah. So they were. They had that in their back pocket. That's wonderful. Yeah. And it was really nice for us. It was a good match. Oh yeah. And it's you know it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Take it away. Yeah, to be I'll there with somebody transitioning, I've done it as well. Yeah. 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 And it's grief. It's okay. I know. <laughs> you just do what you're supposed to do. But it was no. It was beautiful. It was yeah. really nice. Yeah. You okay? Do you need a hug for a second? It's a physiological <laughs> yeah. process. Yeah. 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 All right, let's talk about, I mean, okay, so we, 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 we know there's work to do, right? And we know that we can either lean in or, yeah. or lean out. That's right. And numb, 
Um, and and so leaning in is the first step. Yeah. It's like, ooh, let me get curious. And I know we can wobble back and forth because I've always described it like when I lost my husband mm. and I was going through my grief process, I called it a series of, of, of ladders and landings. Yeah. Right? Because I could only go so far and then mm-hmm. I'd have to take time to integrate. That's right. And then I knew there was more work to do. And when I was ready, I would climb the next staircase. Yeah. Get to the next landing and go, okay, I'm ready. Am I ready to go forward or do mm-hmm. I need to stay here? And I think that's an important thing to tell people that you don't have to get it all done at one time mm-hmm. because you'll freak out. Yeah. I mean, I would have freaked yeah. out at some of the stuff and some of the places I had to go within myself having lost a very loving relationship mm-hmm. and how much that love masked a lot of self abandonment self-neglect because the love filled it for me yeah yeah you know and then to get it was like you know ripping off a bandage that wasn't healed that's right not knowing that it needed to be healed yeah so you know it's that relationship with self so I know I'm doing another long-winded question again because I'm known (laughs) for that but I like to illustrate to know where people Mm -hmm. and where I'm coming from and so how do you coach people through those letters and landings so that they're comfortable and, and yeah, how do you go about that? Yeah, so that's why the curriculum was designed in levels because mm. if you try to do, okay, I'm just coming into energy healing for the first time. Now, a lot of people that take evolution energetics are just coming into it for the first time, but there's also people who are very experienced like me and have six or seven systems under their belt and it meets them where they are. But if you tried to say, okay, here, now I'm just going to get you to start raising your vibration and I'm going to do the physical healing <laughs> and I'm going to do the emotional healing, which is the trauma stuff, and I'm going to do the spiritual healing, which goes into past life healing mm-hmm. and past life trauma and phobias and from that past would take, life. That would take a month. To, yeah, I mean, and it would just be too much. Yeah. Like You, you think have you could do that in a month? I'm talking yeah. about just the spiritual background family stuff. I yeah. Mean, that's... yeah, it's too much. Yeah. So you have to do it in stages. So most people, what I've noticed go about six months between levels. And that feels about right because they go through a cleanse and a detox where they're releasing all the, you know, the Mm. stuff that needs to be released. Mm. And then when they're ready, like going to the landing, they can either say, okay, I'm ready for the next level or I'm going to pass on this one and wait till it comes back around and I'll take it in the next one. Everyone knows their process and they know when they're ready, just like you did. Yeah. 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 Oh, there was some white knuckle landings, I have to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you say you know, but you don't really know when you're in it, right? Sometimes, you know, you don't know what's going to come up because you've masked it for so Mm -hmm. long, right? That's right. And then you're like, oh, where did that come from? (laughs) That's right. I have to work on that now? Sometimes you get a little pissed off. Yeah. Right? I've been pissed off like... Jiminy Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to use another word, but. Rated G, Soul Shape Podcast. <laughs> you know, I wanted to, I, I just, I got mad because I'm like, I've released it. Haven't I released enough yet? And I know there are people, if you're in that situation, hang in there. You will get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there'll be a period where you're like, enough already. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't do this anymore. But it's just a little. It's, I call it the wobble. You'll just get through it. Yeah. But know that that's coming if you're not there yet. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but And if you don't get there, well, great on you. I'm jealous, and I'll admit that openly because, you know, that part of you that, 
you know, as you do this work, and it's great work. I would never trade it for anything, even those moments where I was pissed that yeah. I'm like, really, there's more? Are yeah. you kidding me? But, you know, the other side of that is magical. It's it's momentous. It's expansive. It's joyful. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's so much more. That's, and that's why you're here right now, Leslie, forming Soul Gem, Soul Shape. I mean, yeah. this is what it expanded into. I mean, your journey into this whole energetic healing world and now sharing it to the world and meeting and talking with Jess right now and bringing your sister in. It's just... Are we having a sister moment? We are kind of, but it's... It, <laughs> this is... This is what it... I don't even know what to say. There is a reason for it. Why? But it just... I don't know. When you look back on the whole big picture, it's like, dang. I mean, I can't even put it into words. I can't even explain it right now because it's like I'm... It's hard to lose someone. For sure. And then when you think about what comes out after that, the, the beauty and the love and the joy and all the other things that can come from that, I mean, well, that's what's amazing. Well, they say when you lose someone that you get a gift energetically. So there's the gift. There's always a gift in it. I lost my dad when I was 17, and mm. um, I lost my mother-in-law, who I was very close to, you know, a, a, just not long after my husband and I got married, but I helped take care of her. Yeah, and it's energetically there were huge bumps up after yeah. each one and it was it was a, a privilege to be you know in that space mm -hmm. it was a lot harder when I was 17 because I was so young yeah you know? by the time my mother-in-law passed I was an adult and I was able to really understand the privilege and yeah. the, holding that space there still was grief but there was definitely an energetic bump up afterwards and a gift that came with it that makes me think of a question too if you work with children families different individuals that the ones that absorb it differently or learn from it at different ages. Is yeah. it, you know, with age comes wisdom, you know, that been there, done that. Okay, we get, we can, I can be very, I can be very open to this, but I, I don't think my 17-year-old would be ready for it at all. <laughs> He's not there yet. Um, in my experience, it's been the opposite. So okay. kids can do it very easily mm -hmm. because they're so close to source, especially the younger they are. Yeah, for sure. You know, they've just come from the energy, if you put it that way. I would say teenagers, probably, it, it's just resistance. Yeah. It's just adolescent resistance. That's the stage of development they're in. They're yeah. trying to form their own identities. And anything that a parent wants them to do, they're going to automatically resist. So that's just their developmental stage. Right. But if, let's say, a friend wanted to do it, mm -hmm. it would be a totally different game. And they would be able to do it quite, quite easily, actually. Maybe not as easy as a young child, but it would still be easier than an adult because the further that we go in life, the more things we accumulate to clear, right? It makes sense, doesn't it? And it's it goes more back to that openness too. You just you have That's to be right. open. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So if a family's going through like family trauma, like yep. they're just not cohabitating well. I mean, that would be the the minimum, right? And then sure. severe trauma, right? There's a lot of severe There's trauma out mm -hmm. there, right? That's right. A lot of people. I mean, some of the stories I've heard are just horrendous. Oh yeah. Um. And so, you know, let's just take the the cohabitation. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of energy. I can't even speak. Mm -hmm. um, and so does the whole family come in together, or is it better for them to each take their individual journey? How, how, do, how would you approach them? So it's interesting. With my family, my mother, my sister, and my niece all took the class together. 
So, and then my husband took the class individually. My son took it individually. That really was just a matter of timing, you mm-hmm. know, because we have a younger, I have a two-year-old. So we just logistically could mm-hmm. not, you know. Um, I think for my mother, my sister, and my niece, it was an incredibly healing, intergenerational healing journey. Mm-hmm. And I think it was important that they took it together. Now, my niece is 24, so she's an adult, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a difference. I think if you had a child and logistically you could do it together, um, it just would depend on the dynamic in the family. It really would. Yeah. You know, if if dad is the more the problem, then, you know, probably mom and child need to go ahead and do the, the do it together. Or vice versa. Maybe mom's mm-hmm. the problem and then dad and... You know, you really would have to evaluate that family system. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. But what for I sure. can tell you is that as each member of the family raises their vibration, even if the people in the house, other people in the household don't do the work, they automatically get raised because energy is energy. I mean, you're around mm-hmm. it. You're in my energy field. Right. You know, you're, we're in each other's energy field right now. Yeah. You can't help but have that happen. And if you're living together, cohabitating, everybody is going to start to raise. So, I mean, I've seen profound changes in my family. I mean, it's it's saved my marriage. It's healed incredible trauma. It's even, I mean, it saved my son's life. He was diagnosed with a mitochondrial issue when he was four, and he was already starting with organ failure. And wow. this system came in. I just got on my knees, and I said, please, I can't be that I'm a healer, and I can't heal this child. And um, I saw the, this symbol come in that looked like a genetic swirl, like a genome. You know the DNA? the double Mm -hmm, helix, mm -hmm. and I started using it on him, and he went from like 2% functioning in the mitochondrial pathway 5 to 30%, and now he's at like 74%. Wow. Yeah. How fun is that? (laughs) Yeah, and he's autistic. He's ADHD. He's also gifted, Um, but his symptoms of autism and ADHD have gotten a lot better too So, because a lot of kids that are autistic and ADHD, they have mitochondrial issues. That's what it is. Mm. Yeah. And you also have your program, your system, you teach it to other practitioners. I do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And but I don't want it to be exclusive to practitioners because I want everybody that needs it to be able to take the class. Does so, that make sense? Yeah. And you, like, yeah. A mom, a parent. It, if this is calling mm-hmm. to you, <laughs> yeah. Josh visit soulshape.app. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and sign up. Let's talk really quickly about, well, it doesn't be quickly, but uh, some of your upcoming workshops. Or, or You've got some things going on here locally at the university. Oh, yeah. So we designed um, a self-care course for the College of Health and Humanities. Originally, it was just going to be for social work students. But now we're doing a pilot program in the fall, and we're doing also a research study with nursing, um, exercise science, and social work students. So it's what we did is I gathered a whole bunch of Holistic practitioners, but also we had a Harvard psychiatrist on there, Chris Palmer, Dr. Chris Palmer, who wrote the book Brain Energy. Mm. He came up with the universal theory of mental health, which has to do with mitochondrial deficiency. So that's how I found him is, Mm, you know, he, yeah, he's teaching basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we had, we really, it's an integrated program. We mixed mainstream mental health resources with, you know, life coaches and healers, and we put it all together and the system is whole. So it's whole foods, holistic healing outdoor exposure, love for self and others, and exercise. How lucky are these students at UNCW? Wait a minute. Go through that acronym again because yeah, I thought that was freaking amazing. So it's whole. whole. So it's whole foods is the W. Yeah. Holistic healing and tools yeah. is the H. Outdoor exposure is the O. Love for self and others is the L. And then the E is exercise. 
you get that, fellas? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. Okay. I, I mean, we can all agree that's that's all we need. Whole. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was and my riff on SNL. I know. I know. We, we like that. Um, <laughs> Sweaty balls. Uh, Leslie! <laughs> <laughs> she said uh, it, not me. <laughs> Alice, he was so good on that, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's one of my husband's favorites. Wait, so wait. Okay, this is starting in the fall. Has it started yet? Yeah, so this is starting in the fall. So we will finish the research by the end of fall semester, mm-hmm. and then we will submit to peer-reviewed journals for publication. I oh Gosh, that makes me want to go back to school. Stuff like that. <laughs> well, no, I think well, it hits me um, right in my sweet spot where I like where we combine. She said sweet spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's because you said sweaty balls. I know. We you had got to go. her in a totally different. I didn't. You had to go there. I didn't yeah. go there. <laughs> anyway, in my in my Sweet favorite spot, spot is your heart. <laughs> oh, I did I do it again? I yeah. did it again, didn't I? And walked right into that. Okay, into my passion. <laughs> that did I do it again? In my in my sweet spot, I'm hitting her. Anyway, um, I really like the blending of science and spirituality and energy mm-hmm. because I feel like mm-hmm. we're in this, you know, aspect of going beyond 3D, it's very yes. quantum, right? Because yes. it's it's not linear, it's not horizontal, it's it's whole. Like, if you think of it as spherical, mm-hmm. quantum, multi-letters. So I really like how we're coming into an age where we are blending in science and spirituality. I really Absolutely. like your background, that you're getting your PhD in what? Well, I made my MSW right now in clinical yeah. therapy, yeah. And yeah. licensed clinical social worker. And yeah. then I plan to go into a PhD and bring evolution energetics into the research space. Yeah. So it's Our really, world is changing. It's really <laughs> a nice sort of weaving of both worlds, right? Yeah. And so how are you finding the receptivity in the science world? Has it been yeah. welcoming? Has it been skeptical? Or both, I would imagine. It's been absolutely welcoming. Um, we did an integrative panel at the University University of North Carolina Wilmington in the fall, and we had um, well, I was there, you know, speaking on the panel, and we also had an aromatherapist, Michelle Bowman, who owns Ocean Therapy Potions. Mm-hmm. You guys might want to check her out, yeah, if you don't know about her. But she treats trauma with essential oils, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, and then we also had um, Dr. Ezekiel Nelson, he's a doctor of metaphysics, just talking about, you know, quantum you know, healing. And, and then we also had Amitris Johnson, who's a massage therapist, but also does singing bowls and Reiki. And, you know, so it was, yeah. And we had a, a huge audience of licensed clinical social workers and students and professors. And it was amazing. I, I was like, they yeah, were very the world keen is to changing. It. Yeah. Yeah. But this is also when you go into flow. So because I use the symbols and that I have gotten from the quantum field, by the way, that's where they come from. Um, and so the quantum field is just like, uh, I want you to think of it like a world wide web, right? Like the internet. Anybody can tap into it at any time, right? And they've actually done studies of like, if you get into like super string theory, you have the idea of non-locality. So you can send energy healing via distance. If you take a particle and you split it and you put one in the East Coast and one in the West Coast, and you do something to, you know, the half the particle in the East Coast, you're going to have an equal reaction at the, exactly the same time on the West Coast. That's non-locality. That's quantum physics. It's not as complicated <laughs> as people make it. I think part of what's been happening for hundreds of years is scientists don't want regular people to have access to this information. 
don't know if it's access, but I think it's just I changing. I mean, changing the belief system isn't okay. always easy. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, we used the analogy in an earlier episode of imagine being on the planet when the belief system went from we live in a flat land to yep. the world is round. That's right. And I think we're in that another this Par- time paradigm period shift. paradigm shift where. Yeah. You know, it's not just our physical being, it's our energetic being, it's our emotional being. Everything yeah. is energy, right? Yeah. So I think that's where we are. And that's why I agree with you. This is a great time to be alive. It's a great yeah. time, but you might say it's so serious. It's so powerful. It requires yeah. responsibility. There's a lot of care. And, uh, Let's go another way. Let's go another way. What not happens? the Spider-Man way. No, yeah. love and joy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what happens in the world when everybody realizes they can heal themselves? Yeah, economies change for sure. There I feel go. like I already do that, though. I mean, no, it's it's beyond. It, I'm you're like it now. You missed You're not it. right. Yeah, you missed it. <laughs> oh, some sibling stuff going on here. Right? Stay out of it. <laughs> no, it's okay. She'll tell me later in the car, but <laughs> I'll get educated. Um, why <laughs> don't we? Oh well, I don't know if we have. Let's say I don't know if we have time for a soulful stretch. We do. We'll, we'll make time? it quick. We'll make it quick. Okay. Um, we're going to conclude with a soulful stretch. Explain it, Leslie. Yeah. So a social stretch is what we do at the end of every episode where we talk about something that might have changed a belief, expanded a thought, um, changed an emotional perspective, anything that sort of made us stretch beyond where we started this conversation. And so, you know, I think for me, my soulful stretch is the use of, oh, sorry, I just got a foot cramp. Did you literally just stretch? I I did. I got a little foot cramp there. Um, I really like how symbology can help us heal. And I think that's my soulful stretch from this episode. Laura? And Laura? Um, Do you want to think about it? We can punch you, Jessica. (laughs) No, I I like how we can say eventually heal yourself. (coughs) I do want to learn more about that. But there is... the all the, the system that you're teaching it's so not just personal but these are tools that yeah. we can utilize so i feel like that's why i mean like i i can heal myself i can read and sense what's going on with myself and if i have that toolkit from evolution energetics and all that wonderful stuff then i can help myself then i help my family so that's the takeaway there's the possibilities for energy healing is it's just powerful that's my takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. You? I love when you talked about, you know, in your grief process after losing your husband and how you had masked and how he had provided something. And then when he was gone, you had to basically lean in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I've never thought of it that way. I've never thought of somebody that we have a relationship with almost helping us mask. I've never had that thought before. So thank you so much because now I'm leaving today with a new perception oh. and a new perspective. Thank you. Oh, Jess. That touches my heart. All right, Laura. <laughs> well, thank you, Jess. You're thank welcome. You, thank Signal you Fire for Media, me. of course. And <laughs> to all our, our listeners, I hope you all learned something and had some insight. We um, Be sure to like us and follow us and subscribe and discover your next healing experience on soulshape.app. All links will be available in the show notes, and we hope you've enjoyed this soulful stretch, and be sure to join us again for an energetic healing conversation on the Soul Shape podcast. Thank you, everybody, and goodbye. Bye.